From local to global, we bring you the best conversations with your favorite athletes and Olympians. This is the Olympics.com podcast. All right, here we go. Another episode of the new official Olympics.com podcast. I'm your host, Tom Kirkland. Huge sports fan. I also love talking to people in this format, obviously made for conversations with interesting folks like today's guest, former star, YouTube sensation, NBA lottery pick, Jimmer Fredette, about to join us, talking about how he's reinventing himself and his game just for the Olympics. As we pointed out in our last pod for Olympians and Olympian wannabes, this 2023 sports season is all about setting yourself up to qualify for the Olympic Summer Games Paris 2024. Only a few events actually award direct qualification spots to Paris. Most give out crucial points toward qualification. So this year, 2023, is the only full year of Olympic qualifying events and is in many ways for many athletes even more important than the Olympics in Paris. What? What am I talking about? Well, that's because once you qualify, you can walk an opening ceremony, enjoy all the fruits of your labors, and once an Olympian, always an Olympian. Once you're in the event, you can go enjoy the event and all the amazing things about the Olympics. Unless, and this is where it gets tricky, unless you're a serious medal favorite. Then the pressure mounts right up until the time you go compete. You know, risk-reward. Try to get on that podium or maybe win the gold medal. So this podcast is all about navigating a basketball career. From national fame and international fortune to the realities of all sports. At some point, yeah, it's time to leave. Get on with your life. Enjoy more time with your growing family. But, but... Then, when thrown a lifeline in the form of a new aspect of your favorite sport with a chance to play for your country, well, you're all in. I mean, who wouldn't be? This, then, is about reinventing and rejuvenating a career. To be able to try to qualify for the Olympics, it's something that I, you know, I've dreamed about my entire life. And obviously, won't be playing on the five-on-five team, but to be able to play on bas- in basketball, uh, at the Olympics and representing Team USA. Like, this is uh, an unbelievable opportunity. I'm about to be joined by Jimmer Fredette, a name you may be familiar with. His first name, Jimmer, was the name that ruled the USA's 2010-2011 college basketball season. Nobody who follows basketball in the United States could forget what Jimmer did that season. I mean, he was off the hook. The show he put on with the ball in his hands, scoring like no other, and distributing the basketball too but most memorable had to be his logo shots what in the world am i talking about logo shot yeah that's when they pull up from almost anywhere inside half court you know like 25 30 35 feet maybe dropping three pointers he had games of 52 points i was there with my son he had one free throw in that game so do the math that's a lot of hoops made then he had 43 in one game numerous other games in the high 30s Jimmer's performances became a phenomenon, and his aw shucks, understated, humble personality fed the myth of this kid from upstate New York, creating a state of Jimmer mania around the country, particularly busting out on social media. College basketball's National Player of the Year was also a polarizing figure. Despite all he'd done in college, there were many who thought it couldn't translate to the NBA. Of course, Many thought he could do the same things in the most elite league in the world. 
Jimmer was a lottery pick, number 10 overall by the Indiana Pacers, but immediately traded on draft night to the Sacramento Kings. We all know life in the NBA is a tough, hard business, as Jimmer learned when his Kings head coach was fired a month into his rookie season. It never went quite as Jimmer hoped in the NBA, never had the freedom he had as BYU's superstar. He had trouble getting minutes and ended up never really sticking in the league. Played for five teams in his six seasons in the NBA. Sometimes things just don't work out, you know, and it's hard to really explain. Um, You know, I wish uh, for myself that I would have, you know, had a little bit more confidence and just went out there and just, you know, played my game no matter what. But hey, Jimmer could play the game. He ended up actually making more money playing in China and Greece for several years, but extended time away from his growing family eventually took its toll, and Fredette decided he'd had enough by the end of 2021. Uh, Remember the lifeline I talked about? Well, an old college basketball colleague, USA 3X3 coach Fran Fraschella, who doubles as an ESPN college basketball analyst, gave Jimmer a call. Fraschella was looking to bring in as much talent as USA 3X3 basketball could find. The fact that Team USA had failed to qualify for Tokyo 2020, the debut of this crazy new urban discipline of basketball, was simply unacceptable. Now, qualifying for Paris 2024 is the new USA essential. Jimmer has taken this opportunity and owned it, helping Team USA take the gold medal in the FIBA 3x3 America Cup back in December in Miami. Of course, Jimmer buried the gold medal winning shot in the final. Coming up on a minute to play. Fredette for the win. Count it in the USA is golden. Jimmer Fredette hits the game winner. So now he's found a new lease on his basketball life, trying to help Team USA qualify for Paris 2024 and make that four-man USA 3x3 team. I caught up with Jimmer recently, and our conversation started with his new fascination with this crazy, exciting, and entertaining 3x3 basketball game. Olympics.com podcast. All right, it's good to see Jimmer again. Uh, Welcome to Olympics.com. This is awesome, Tom. I'm excited to be here with you. Thanks for thanks for having me on. Uh, before we get to the good old days, which uh, we both remember well, uh, I want to uh, investigate your new journey. And I'm wondering, the first time you saw 3x3, I don't know how many years ago, what, what was your first impression? Yeah, you know, I didn't know exactly what to think because I didn't, when I started watching it originally, um, when I grew up playing three on three, it's you, you make a basket, you check the ball up and you keep playing, right? Like that's just kind of how it works. Um, so when I started to see it and I saw that they shot the ball and went through the hoop and they didn't stop playing, like they just threw it back out to the three point line, kept going. The first thing I thought was like, man, that's gotta be exhausting. It's gotta be really tiring. Um, um, but also fun. Right. And, uh, you're just super fast paced games. I mean, it's the first of 21 or 10 minutes. So, I mean, it's, a, it's basically a sprint the whole time. I mean, you could play for three, four minutes sometimes without any stoppage of play um, or anything like that, where it's just, it gets really tiring, but seemed really, uh, really something that was catered to my game almost. And that's what I liked about it. I was like, the two is mm-hmm. worth so much more than the one in that game. 
uh, to be able to make those shots, be able to play one-on-one and have kind of that that spread out game that you're able to have with just three play- players on the court. Um, I felt like it uh, kind of served my game well, and I was always intrigued by it. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, the 12-second shot clock's fun, too, and that goes by yeah. quickly. <laughs> Yes, it does. It goes by quickly. And at the same time, you're also like, okay, I can still make like four or five passes and kind of do like a couple of different, um, you know, sets throughout that time. So it's it's a fast amount of time, but you also know that you can use the full 12 seconds, whereas sometimes, you know, you're just using like six seconds, you're speeding yourself up. But if you get it out quick, you get a little bit more time, you can set two or three screens in that amount of time and still be able to get a shot off. So it's all about just trying to move the ball quickly, play at a fast pace, uh, but not like out of control too. Yeah. And I grew up playing a lot, not at your level, but I, and I still play with my, my kids. The thing I love about it, I mean, it's physical and the transition never ends. Like you almost give up a one to set up for a two. It's, it's constantly, you're constantly thinking. Yeah. Yeah, it's a thinking man's game for sure. You got to be able to think on the fly and and know your situation, what the time and the score is, know your foul count, uh, when to use fouls, when to not use fouls, um, you know, once it gets to the line and and try to be more aggressive than others. So it's definitely uh, definitely a lot of thinking that goes into it. Um, but, you know, being able to play in a couple tournaments has really helped mm-hmm. me figure it out pretty quickly. Um, and now I'm just playing and training here in, in Denver and, and staying prepared for, you know, when the next next tournament comes up. And it's cerebral in that, I mean, you know, I know Fran Fraschilla coaches you guys, but on the court, it's you four figuring things out in real time. Yeah, Fran and uh, his son James uh, do a great job for us. Uh, Jay Demings, Demings is is leading the whole whole charge, and and uh, those guys have done a great job um, yep. trying to recruit guys and get people to come play. And just it fit, you know, for me, it just fit my schedule. It fit exactly what I wanted to do at this time in my in my career, and it just felt right. But those guys, you know, they've done a great job. And then you know, when I played in the America Cup, I played in with three guys that have played three x three for a long time, right? So they kind of were the veterans on the court. I was the newer guy. Uh, just trying to figure things out, try to score the basketball, make the right play. But yeah, you're out there by yourself. So you have to, you know, make sure that you know what your game plan is, know what the other team likes to do, uh, have your plays and your out of, out of timeout plays that, that are going to work during that time period. And you have to remember it while you're tired. And that's the hardest part. Like a lot of times you get out there for, you know, 20, 30 second timeout, but you're exhausted. So you're just trying to catch your breath and get some water. But at that same time, you still have to like be prepared with a play and kind of figure out what you need to do next. And, uh, you know, I, part of the physicality is, is the defense. And I, I watched that. And you talk about refs swallowing their whistles. I mean, they let you guys play. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. No, they I found that out this last tournament. I mean, they really let you play like and, and it's. It's kind of a, it's something you have to get used to, but it also can put you, um, you know, at an advantage defensively where you can hand check a guy a lot more and try to fight over screens. It's, you know, for us, you know, at USA, they, a lot of teams like to switch. Uh, it's a very easy thing to do, but then there's a lot of counters for the switch. They're good against the switch. So for us, a lot of times we're just trying to say, play a little bit more physical and push the guy out and use our hands more and try to get over screens and try to mess them up a little bit that way. You can do all of those things in 3x3, and uh, yeah, there's definitely some 
way different plays and a, a ton of different physicality things that go on that you wouldn't see in a five on five game, but work really well in three X three. And you mentioned uh, the uh, America Cup. You guys won the gold on, by the way, your game-winning shot in Miami recently. I see a trophy case. Do you have the gold anywhere up there? I mean, oh, I oh. do. Well, I have it right here. It's not behind, oh, but I got it right here. That's it's over sweet. on the. Uh, yeah. It's really cool. I mean, it's awesome. I mean, to be able to win a gold medal for Team USA, anything is uh, special to be able to do that. Um, so to be a part of that with those guys that you know I was uh, a part of. Um, uh, this this tournament with was it was incredible. So it's up hanging on the side over here. I got a couple of different shelves over here, but uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely an important thing. So it's awesome. Yeah, those uh, those medals are uh, they're they're cool to see. Certainly, and the to have you win it and and the way you did was was awesome to see. So all right, if, if I want to ask you a three x three dream team, you're one of the four. So any you can have anybody at any time in basketball history. Who do you want as the other three? I know this is just coming at you. You could you could probably yeah. pick a hundred guys. Yeah, for real. There's so many. Well, in three x three, it's so different. You want uh, guys that are that are right. mobile, um, guys that can shoot, and then guys that are malleable can kind of do a lot of different things on the court. You want them to be able to dribble the ball, handle the ball pass shoot i mean obviously i think the three that i mean that would come to your head it's like lebron kobe and michael jordan right like those three <laughs> those are all kind of six six to six eight like that exact range that you want them to be at i think i would get a lot of open shots if i was playing on a team like that um so i think that would be uh, that would be that would be nice as well but uh i mean uh, yeah that's the type of size the type of athleticism being able to do everything on the court defensively offensively switch like that's the type of person that you want you know kind of playing on on, on that team so the, i mean obviously those three of the best players ever would can't be, go wrong amazing. and you've got the high <laughs> basketball iq yeah. which is important as well so uh yeah. how yeah. did this opportunity come to you because i agree i when i first saw your name uh, associated with 3x3, I thought at this stage of your career, it's perfect. Yeah, it really is. I mean, it came about. Um, so Fran Fischel, obviously, you know, one of the guys that's that's kind of heading this as well. He, you know, sure. I know I've known him for a little while from 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 basketball stuff. And actually, he got in contact with me through a former teammate of mine. I'm sure you know uh, Jonathan oh, Tavernari well. Sure. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so he uh, he would have been talking with Fran. He mentioned my name, said that this may be something that I wanted to do. Fran reached out, JT reached out, and I said, absolutely. I mean, uh, for an opportunity to be able to try to qualify for the Olympics, it's something that I, you know, I've dreamed about my entire life. And obviously, won't be playing on the five-on-five team, but to be able to play on bas- in basketball uh, at the Olympics and representing Team USA, like this is uh, an unbelievable opportunity. Uh, so yeah, right from the get go, I was like, Fran, I'm in. Like whatever I need to do, this is the what I want to do at this point. I'm not playing uh, any five on five at the, at the moment. Um, you know, I want to you know really dive into this and and uh, you know make the best out of it. it. Just works with my family life and with my career. You're only gone for weekends. Um, you know, during the summer, um, you don't have to commit to a full season where you're just there for, you know, six to eight months or anything like that, which is really nice. But then I can stay in shape and keep working on my game here in Denver and keep being prepared for what's coming ahead. So it just has really fit extremely well with my lifestyle. And uh, I'm unbelievably excited about it. Like it's been uh, kind of rejuvenating for, for me in a basketball sense, which has been fun.
I got to ask one gym rat to another. You have keys to a gym, don't you? You have your own keys. Somehow you can get in. <laughs> oh, of course. I have my own keys. I've had my own keys ever since I got to Denver. Went right to the stake president and was like, hey, is it okay if I get cheap keys to the stake center? He was like, absolutely. So I've had them for the last 11 years here in Denver. So I have my own gym up there. I've uh, been playing in there. It's a nice gym, too. It's great. And then I obviously have other places that I play with guys here around the area. But that is always my uh, my home court. Yeah, so. yeah that never changes. you got to have a path. Speaking of paths, yeah. Olympic 3x3, Paris 2024, uh, such a romantic venue. Uh, the U.S. didn't qualify in for Tokyo 2020. So obviously yeah. you want to be a part and be a part of the first USA 3x3 team. Well, what's that process like for you now? I, I, you know, that there's a whole thing. I want to ask you to go through all the details because it's really confusing. Yeah. But, but for you, it's a small group of players that are going to, they're going to de- determine who, got, what four guys go. Yeah, exactly. You know, there's a pool of players that they'll pick uh, between, um, and you have to, yeah, there's a whole point system that goes in it. You have to, qual- you have to qualify as a player. And then you also have to qualify as a team, obviously, to get into the Olympics. So it's just, there's a lot that goes into it. But basically, uh, that's why I started playing 3x3 um, this past summer a little bit. I've been able to play in a couple tournaments. And then this next summer, I'll play, you know, a full season. You'll play, um, you'll play and, a full season uh, on, where, on the world tour? Yeah. So that'll take you around, too. That'll be fun. Yeah, the FIBA world tour. It'll take me around the world, exactly. And, um, you know, so you commit to a certain amount of tournaments, and that will be able to get me qualified for to be able to play in the Olympics. But then also, that's, those are points going towards trying to qualify for the Olympics for Team USA. So that's what we're working on. We want to try to qualify for the Olympics at an at-large bid this year. Like, that's what our goal is, because what happened in, uh, for the Japan was right. they had to get into a qualifying tournament once you get into a qualifying tournament, yeah. you, anything can happen because if a team gets hot and they shoot the ball really well, then all of a sudden you're out, and that's kind of what happened. So we want to try to uh, not leave it to chance at this point or to go into a one one tournament. We want to try to get an at-large bid, and that goes with having a lot of Team USA uh, teams playing in the FIBA World Tour, which we should have three or four this year, uh, which will be a, a good advantage, and hopefully we can make that happen. That sounds like fun, too. I mean, you know, at this stage of your yeah. career, you know, and the seasons are long and, you know, but, but this yeah. is new for you. So it's fresh and you get to travel yeah. a little bit. Uh, I mean, yeah. it sounds fun. Yeah, for sure. No, like I said, I'm excited about it. And my wife, Whitney, she's all in too. She's like, you need to get to the Paris Olympics. And <laughs> I want to go to Paris. And I want to go to Paris and I want to watch the Olympics, right? Like both double whammy there. Um, so she's all in. And since she's all in, that helps with me being like, yeah, I can for sure be all in and, and make sure that I'm getting myself prepared for this. And um, yeah, so I'm excited about it. Obviously during the FIBA world Tour, they have some amazing yep. uh, venues. There's Vienna and, you know, Paris and Prague and, um, you know, there's places in Canada and, you know, some in South America and Asia. There's places all over the place. Obviously, I won't play in every single tournament, uh, but I'll play in uh, quite a few um, enough to be able to qualify, get myself prepared and ready um, and, uh, you know, feel good, hopefully, to, to try to make an Olympic run. That's what it's all about. That would be uh, really cool. Uh, you mentioned your family. Uh, you're, you're you know, you almost invented the three in college. See the three, be the three, the logo <laughs> three, you and Steph and some other people. But you got three kids now, you and Whitney uh, Taft. See if I have them Taft, Wesley and then Grayson's the new one. Yeah. Yeah. Got it right. Yep. Wes is uh, five and a half. Taps three and a half and Grayson is six months. So we're, we're busy and uh, having fun. And it's been, it's been awesome to be honest. 
Tell me one thing about each of your uh, each of your children that that because like, I know I have three and they're older, but they're all yeah. different. You know, it's really cool yeah. about it. You can't parent the same way. It takes on a lot of different yeah. challenges. But maybe the yeah. thing you're proudest of each one, or one thing that stands out. Yeah, for sure. Wesley is uh, she's a saint. I mean, she is so obedient. Um, you know, she's she's like her mom. You know, she she's very good at listening and she's super athletic. Uh, she's very fast. Um, and she loves to, to sing and to color. She loves doing those things. So, and she's just a sweetheart. She's everyone that meets her just loves her. My, uh, my, my boy Taft, he is the jokester <laughs> of the family. He's just he's hilarious, right? Like every, he doesn't try to be funny, but everything he does is funny. Um, so he loves doing that. He loves playing catch right now and he's into soccer. He's a great little boy. He's so fun. And then Grayson, she's, uh, the smiliest baby out of all of them. Like she our other two, it was hard to get a laugh out of them when they were younger. They were pretty serious when they saw someone, you know, that was not right. familiar to them. They wouldn't give them much, but that Grayson is smiling at everyone all the time, making sure when she gets into the room, brighten up the brighten up the room. So she's, uh, I think she's going to be a very happy baby, and uh, you know, hopefully that'll continue to stay. But they're all unique and amazing, and it's just be really fun to be a dad. Yeah, uh, that's that's awesome. Um, Okay, now I want to dial back a little bit. As the 2022 season came into focus, uh, end of the NBA season in the summer, obviously the Jazz uh, retreaded, retooled, reloaded, whatever you want to call it, and they had a lot of new guys on the roster. I'm wondering if there was any discussion between your people and them and if w- what the chance was, because obviously everybody in Utah was thinking that would be a good yeah. fit with a new team. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, we've talked to them quite a bit. There just hasn't been a ton of interest, honestly. I think, you know, it's hard. I get it. You know, in Utah, you know, especially anything that associates with me, it's it's a little bit elevated, right? And, um, you know, I, I know that if they wanted to bring me in to, to play on the team, they would they would want to make sure that they would have a spot for me to actually play. Because right. if I wasn't playing, then that could be, uh, could be a difficult situation for the coach, for the GM, for all that stuff. So I understand it. I get it. Um, they're, they're going in a direction, you know, they were, they're going younger. Um, you know, they're, they got a mm-hmm. ton of draft picks. Obviously Danny did an amazing job, uh, with the two trades that he did getting draft picks and not, and they're still playing really well. Like when you see the team, they actually make sense together. Even the team that they have right now with a bunch of ball handlers, guys that can shoot the ball and kind of create on their own. Lori marketing has been a, a, an amazing player for them this season. He's been playing great, but yeah, so uh, we've had discussions with them, but nothing that has, uh, you know, obviously resulted in being a part of the the Jazz. I know that people want it; it would be fun, but uh, you know, it's just not and hasn't been in the cards, and that's that's okay. That's very well explained. Um, and uh, this is a question. This is the dad now from you. I was part of Jimmermania. Obviously, you were Jimmermania. How would you explain Jimmermania to your kids at some point? Will you sit down and show them games? Or, yeah. Because you're going to have to. Yeah, yeah. At some point, <laughs> I will. Um, they they get it. Like, my daughter's starting to get it a little bit when we go back to football games or basketball games. Because people just come up for pictures, autographs. You know, they're yelling and chanting my name. And she's like, why are they, like, wanting to do this with you, Dad? Like, why are they doing She's starting to kind of get it. And, mom's just like oh you played basketball whatever no big deal but i i think the best way to experience it will probably just show them a couple of games right and just show them a game and then at the end of the game maybe that yeah. san Diego state game when afterwards they rush the floor and insane. then some of the pictures yeah. that you can see after, 
it was pretty pretty insane um to just to show like that's what it was kind of like so when i went out there when i got there now people are still fans and uh, you know they appreciate that time period um so yeah it'll be interesting to see as they grow up to see how they uh how they see it and who they hear it from from school or whatever it may be and then kind of go from there but uh yeah hopefully we're, we're, we're trying to make sure that they understand that exactly. I'm dad, not just the, not the basketball player. Exactly. I'm just, I'm just your dad yeah. and the normal yeah. person. <laughs> um, I want to dial into it to like the deep three and the logo threes uh, for shooters. It, you know, it, it looks like it's a long way, but the distance doesn't matter. That's that much, right? Cause once you're locked in from the top of the key or the three point line, a little bit more is just, it's just a little more, another flick. I mean, can you explain in shooting terms, why it's not really that big a deal to go two or three more feet out. It looks awesome. Yeah. I think the biggest thing, as long as your mechanics don't change, they stay the same, it's going to be the same type of shots, just a different distance. Right. So once you get locked in, you kind of have, you'll feel that, that when you're warming up, you kind of feel it. And, you know, once you get into the game, you see a couple of uh, threes going, or even right. if it's a couple of layups or mid range jumpers, you kind of start feeling it and you try to get that, you kind of get your depth perception correct for whatever arena that you're shooting at. Um, and then you kind of go from there. But like I said, if you're not changing your mechanics, you can shoot from as far as you want. And it's, it's just about the, the, you know, the, the, the arc of the ball and how much leg you put into it versus, you know, how little leg, you know what I mean? So it's just kind of, is a little bit more umph, but it's still the same mechanics. So that's what I always tell kids, like you got to get your mechanics down first you got to make sure that you're locking in and you're able to make consistent shots from um, the same exact way from the three-point line. And then you can start kind of pushing it back. And as long as you're shooting the same shot, it's going to be really consistent and easy for you as you move back. Um, so that's the biggest thing. But, yeah, once you get locked in, you can kind of shoot it from anywhere and, you know, you just feel like it's going to go in. So, um, I, You know, the beginning of your career, lottery pick uh, Milwaukee, but then – in the evening, you're traded to Sac- Sacramento. First month on the job, your head coach is fired. And then the crazy world of the NBA hits you front and center. And from then on, it just, it, yep. I, I didn't understand why a team couldn't find a place for you. You can shoot, you can handle. But I, I'm just wondering from your perspective, why you think, and I know it's got to be tough because it would kill me if I was you, it would, it would yeah. really have been really hard to explain why, you know, even now you're not on somebody's roster. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was honestly, I mean, when I came into the draft, it was a little bit different than it is now. Right. Like right now they're, they're really looking for spacing. They're really looking for guys that can kind of play uh, on and off the ball, all that stuff. But when I came into the league, it was like, Hey, you either play point or you right. play two. It wasn't really uh, an option. Like they were trying right. to figure out, should I play on the point? Should I play the two? Should I? So I was kind of mix and match, moving around a little bit. Never really got consistent minutes at either spot because they were trying to figure it out. Um, you know, so it's just a little bit different, right? Like uh, you know, nowadays you just go in your right. guard, you just play, right? You either bring, you can bring it up, you can play off the ball, you can do all that stuff, and I feel like that fits into my game really well. Um, but yeah, like the thing about it is sometimes things just don't work out, you know, and it's hard to really explain. Um, you know, I wish uh, for myself that I would have, you know, had a little bit more confidence and just went out there and just, you know, played my game no matter what. And, and whatever happened, happened. You know, I felt like there were times where I was playing, trying to fit in too much. And, yeah, trying to fit in too much, not make mistakes. 
You know what I mean? So I could stay on the floor, those types of things. And that's right. not the way to play. It really isn't. And then as I grew up in my career, I kind of just was like, all right, I just got to be me again. Right. And that's what, you know, ended up uh, making me be successful overseas uh, playing basketball. But yeah, it just, it just happens. It doesn't work. It doesn't work in your favor sometimes. Um, you know, I still have had uh, an amazing, obviously, uh, career. Um, and I feel like it, it, there's a lot of people that can relate to it that, you know, you go into a, a certain type of, uh, you know, practice or whatever it is that you're doing. And, and all of a sudden it doesn't work out the exact way you want to. You got to pivot right. and you got to make sure that you make that next step and, you know, make the best of the opportunity that you have in front of you. And that's what I tried to do throughout my career. And it's worked out really, really well. Um, but yeah, it's definitely something that uh, uh, you can't really explain. It just kind of happens. Right. No, and I think you made a good point that uh, it's sometimes for some people, it is difficult to pivot when when it isn't working out. Uh, a lot of different things come into mind. But, you know, you went to China and played really well and had a fun time in Greece. And, um, you know, that's what I admire, that that nothing stopped you from wanting to play. And you made money, let's be honest. <laughs> Oh, yeah. No, I, yeah, sure. Absolutely. More than if I was in the yeah, NBA. Exactly. So. That's the other thing <laughs> yeah. you know, that people might not realize yeah. that there's a reason yeah. why you're smiling now. Um, yeah. And, and uh, you touched on it earlier as we wind down here. Um, what does wearing that USA across your chest mean? Because, you know, I know you've had some experiences with it, but if the Olympics is going to be there, that wearing that, uh, what's that? Oh, incredible. I mean, incredible. Um, absolutely incredible. Um, just to be able to play in the America Cup and wear a USA jersey and then win a gold medal for America was something that, you know, I'll never forget. Um, I have been obsessed with the Olympics ever since I was three, four years old. Like, I watch every Olympics <laughs> and I watch every event. It doesn't matter what's on. I watch the archery. I watch literally, I watch curling. I you watch, watch everything. You watch like, it doesn't curling. matter what Olympics. <laughs> oh yeah i watch curling i love it i mean it's i i just think it's so it's right. such a unique thing obviously there's a lot of different sports that are your your events that are going on but these people put in their whole life's work to get to this moment and i believe that they deserve to have their moment and i want to be able to support them you know and i'm cheering for usa on every single event that we do right so i just have loved the olympics you can ask my brother you can ask my wife, like I'm locked in when the Olympics are on, like from day <laughs> until night, it's always on at least one. TV. Um, so to be able to have an opportunity to be a part of that would be a dream come true for me, literally. Um, so I think, you know, that's, what's really drawn me to this. Um, you know, obviously it's a the three on three is a, a really fun game. I grew up playing three on three basketball outside with my friends, you know, and all of those tournaments, Gus Mackers, hoop it up, yeah. all those tournaments um, and had a great time. That's where I learned how to play. And now to be able to have it come full circle and be an opportunity to be able to, you know, play for Team USA would be um, an incredible experience. So I just I love my country. I love where I come from. And, um, you know, it would be an honor to be able to compete for us. Uh, and 2002, you were, what, 13 or something? Uh, I yeah. Don't know. What do you I don't know. My math might. I'm not a math major, but you're. You know, right. you're old enough to watch. What do you remember of Salt Lake City 2002? Yeah, no, that was a really, really cool thing. My wife's family was able to go uh, to the Olympics there. Um, I knew it was obviously a big deal. I wasn't, I you know, being in New York, I didn't go right. or anything like that to the Olympics. But 
Um, I just know that people that went had an amazing experience. Obviously, Salt Lake did a great job putting it on, and I think they're up for another yeah. possible bid. They're looking for another bid uh, for the Olympics. So, I mean, obviously, if they're up for another bid. They did something right um, the first time. So, I know the people that went had an incredible experience, and it's always just amazing when the whole world is watching your city. You know, so to bring the whole the world into Salt Lake City and kind of show them what Salt Lake City is all about um, is was a really unique and fun experience. And yeah, I was watching. I was watching. I wish I could have been there, um, but hopefully uh, we'll be there in 2024. And uh, finally, uh, give me the dream ending to a fantasy basketball career. And I'm, I'm not I don't want you to end now. I mean, you could be Brady and play three on three when you're 45. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you can. I mean, uh, you know, I mean, obviously, if if I were to win a gold medal uh, in three on three in Paris, that would be uh, that would be a storytelling ending. I mean, to, to be able to go out on that type of notes would be uh, would be unbelievable. I'll be 35 at that point. Um, and, you know, still feel like I can uh, play at a high level right now. Um, so I'm taking it day by day, year by year. Um, but this is what I'm entrenched in right now. And we're first we're working to get qualified. And then from there, uh, we want to be able to be successful in the Olympics. Um, so, yeah, that would be that would be incredible, obviously. Well, that's that's wonderful. And we you know, we look forward to uh, uh, if, if I get there, it'll be my 14th Olympics, which is which is crazy just as a journalist. It's, again, you talk about being lucky. Uh, I've been very, very fortunate, but I would be really cool to be able to see you in your yeah. first walk. In. I mean, can you imagine walking an opening ceremony that forget about playing? That's yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm like to be able to walk in open ceremonies with all of the U.S. and to be able to just get the gear that everyone gets. Like that's <laughs> that's amazing stuff. Like people don't get that, right? Like that's that's a big selling point, right? You get all that stuff and you get to walk, uh, you know, in front of millions of people watching with your country and you know that whole brigade brigade that's going to be you know team usa with however many people are there track and field athletes and swimming and you know the bad the five on five team and everything and beyond would be uh would be so fun well it will be um and we'll be following you uh course through the through the next year and and beyond as you uh, work that qualification process and it's great to catch up with you thank I'm, you i'm uh really happy for you watching from afar again when i saw your name with 3x3 i was thinking wow um you know that is a yeah. good fit so uh we will we wish you the best yeah absolutely yeah tell everybody i said hello okay. thanks tom it was fun to catch up with you for a while this is the olympics.com podcast so there's still some work to do for jimmer team usa has to qualify for paris 2024 and as we've mentioned jimmer has to be chosen among the four players to make their 3x3 team here's paris 2024 3x3 by the numbers in case you like these things try to make it simple there will be eight men's teams and eight women's teams here's where it gets a bit tricky and tedious the best path, say, for Team USA is to see their players be successful enough on the FIBA 3x3 World Tour or supported events to bring points to the overall USA Federation. Right now, the USA ranks second among all men's FIBA 3x3 nations. A top three get an automatic ticket to Paris 2024. So if the USA stays top three, they qualify early. They don't have to face pressure-packed single-spot Olympic qualifiers in the run-up to Paris like they faced in the run-up to Tokyo 2020 when things didn't go so well, obviously. Then it's up to USA Basketball to pick who they want to be the four to represent at Paris 2024. 
As long as the players are ranked in their country's top 10 of 3x3 players or have played in a minimum one FIBA official competition. I know it's a lot to figure out, but don't worry about it. We'll keep you all posted as the FIBA 3x3 tournaments roll. Remember, Hoop fans, there's so much more of our original feature programming, 3x3 and 5-on-5 basketball, right there for the clicking here on Olympics.com. Go ahead, have a look, and enjoy. For more in-depth and original Olympics-related feature content, search our platforms here on Olympics.com. So that's it for this episode of the Olympics.com podcast. Hit us up at Olympics with any feedback you have. We love feedback. Helps us get better. You can also hit me up on my Twitter, at TK Sports Tweets. Thanks for being a part of the Olympic community and follow the Road to Paris 2024 Olympic qualification process right here as well. We'll see you next time.